Here now this reading from the Gospel according to Mark in the 13th chapter. Jesus said, In those days, after that suffering, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light, and the stars will be falling from heaven, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. Then He will send out the angels and gather His elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. From the fig tree, learn its lesson. As soon as its branches become tender and puts forth leaves, you know that summer is near. So also when you see these things taking place, you know that He is near at the very gates. Truly I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But about that day or hour, no one knows. Neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Beware, keep alert, for you do not know when the time will come. It's like a man going on a journey when he leaves his home and puts his slaves in charge, each with his own work, and commands the doorkeeper to be on the watch. Therefore, keep awake. For you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening or at midnight or at cockcrow or at dawn, or else he may find you asleep when he comes suddenly. What I say to you, I say to all, keep Awake. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. It's not like me to make an allusion to a Christmas Eve story on the first Sunday of Advent, as I have in my sermon title today. In my early years of ministry, I was ridiculed for encouraging people at this church to respond to premature Christmas greetings, you know, the Merry Christmases you hear already, by saying, and I hope you have a pensive Advent. (laughs) My clever phrase did not exactly catch on. And I've since learned better which battles to fight. I still choose my words carefully, though, so when someone will say to me, somewhere between December 26th and January 6th, I hope you had a nice Christmas. I always respond with, yes, we're having one, thank you. Which is far too subtle to ever make any difference. So why the nod to Twas the Night Before Christmas on the first Sunday of Advent? Well, it's the only time I'm going to be in here this month, so I had to get it all in. No, not really. It's because I've been thinking lately about the Bible's frequent commands to keep awake. It was only a few weeks ago, if you were in here, that you remembered Pastor Derek read from a similar uh, passage. It was from the Apostle Paul, but the same theme, to stay awake, to be alert, to be on guard. The Bible, our faith is concerned that we do not sleepwalk through life. Sleepwalking through life is easy to do. It happens all the time, some for a season, some for longer. People can get stuck in a rut, on a treadmill, a hamster wheel, whatever analogy you prefer. 
or do not prefer because you just don't care anymore, because you're just going through the motions. That was really funny. Going through. I tried. Life is too short. And life is, should be too good for us to live like that. We're called to live with eager anticipation, to not get everything we want the moment we want it, because if we do, we're settling for whatever is the easiest to get, whatever is the most abundant, which is usually not what is the best for us. It's why we sing today, O come, O come, Emmanuel, and not joy to the world, the Savior's come. We all know that the Savior has already come, but if we just talked about what has happened, then we could celebrate Christmas all year round, which I understand is a sentimental song or two at this time of year. Why can't it be Christmas all year long? I understand that. I like the idea of sharing and giving and gathering and being together all year round until I think about it. Can you imagine what it would be like if we had Christmas every day? Even the best parts would get old quickly. We need seasons, especially this one, Advent. Because we are not just anticipating the celebration of Jesus' birth, we are also anticipating Jesus' return. It's not just about something that has happened in the past. We're preparing for what will happen in the future. Something that's coming. Something that we need to be awake for. Or asleep for. If we're sleeping rightly. I don't think Jesus' teaching that we should keep awake means to be, we should take that literally. That we should never sleep. Goodness, Jesus slept very well, even in the midst of storms. The disciples had to go wake him up when they were in a storm. Jesus could sleep. In fact, I think it may be a sign that we are ready for Jesus' return if we're able to sleep well. Sometimes people come to me concerned that they fell asleep in their prayers as if they had offended God or not taking their prayer time seriously and then they were concerned about that. And then I remember something I heard another pastor say and I'm, I'm grateful for how he taught it. He talked about how he would read to his children in their bed as they were preparing to go to sleep and how they could drift off in the midst of the reading, resting assured that their Father was with them, that they were protected, they were cared for, they had what they needed, they could go into a good night's rest because what was most important in their life was provided. James talked about how we're saying to the Father, our Heavenly Father, I can rest in You. You've heard the things I've shared. You're sharing with me. I can, I can trust this night to your care and go to sleep. My best sleep is 
usually when I've dealt with the most pressing due dates that are bearing down on me and when I've made a plan to deal with whatever challenges I know are headed my way and I've exercised or worked in the yard or had a good long day of work and able to get home and, and let go and trust that I've done the best that I can do and now God will be able to handle whatever else is out there to deal with. In that famous poem, Twas the Night Before Christmas, we hear the narrator describe the work that he had done that day. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care. The children were nestled and snug in their beds, and we know that did not just happen. He had done the work of the day, and done it well enough that he could anticipate a long winter's nap. Part of what he and his family had done that day was to hope that St. Nicholas soon would be there. They hoped for his arrival. They did not dread St. Nick showing up. They looked forward to it. Yes, they were dreaming of sugar plums and probably better gifts than that rather than judgment. So some might not see the favorable comparison between Santa's arrival and and Jesus' return, but I would say to them, listen to what Jesus says will happen when He is coming back. The cosmos is shaken as He sends out the angels who will gather up the elect from the far ends of the earth to Him. That Jesus would come to us and draw us to Him, my friends, is far better than sugar plums, whatever they are, for us. I don't understand this dread that some Christians want to attach to Jesus' return. Yes, the description of what will happen includes changes in the heavens, stars falling, moons shaded, sun darkening, But we should anticipate by now that when God makes an entrance or an exit, the universe will take notice. Remember that star that moved across the horizon until it stopped over Bethlehem to show the wise men where to go? Remember that day when Jesus hung from the cross and the sky turned black at noontime? These aren't scary images for us. They're enlightening ones. This God who came to us, came for us, affecting everything. And for those who are part of His kingdom, the effect is good. So we can go to bed. We can sleep. Not in a stupor, as do those who don't anticipate God affecting things. Not in a stupor as those who are not looking for Jesus to return who are blind to what God has done and is doing, what God is working on right now in this time between His first coming and His return. No, we sleep as those who are at peace with this God. As those who are at peace with this God coming back to us. We sleep ready to rest after working for the Lord who can return any time. Because if we're caught working for Him, wouldn't we want Him to catch us that way? And if we're caught sleeping after we've worked for Him, wouldn't we have something good to report? 
We sleep well because we have not been sleepwalking, indifferent, apathetic, stumbling through this life. No, we're hanging stockings and nestling children and finding other stockings to fill and other children to care for. And worshiping this God and and serving Him and waiting for the day when someone far more authorized even than St. Nicholas offers that blessing we are longing to hear. And to all, a good night.